0: And welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. So surprise, we kind of love popping are. in every once in a while when you don't expect us. And so this is a little Friday surprise bonus. Sneak
1: attack. Sneak attack. What
0: I love that. <laughs> well, and if you're new around here, you maybe don't you maybe you don't even know our frequency yet, but we're every Tuesday. We're usually just the first Friday of the month and some Sunday more than moms. And then everything else is just surprise. And so today is a surprise. Um, we kicked off January just a couple weeks ago now with an episode about goals and goal setting on January 1st. I did an interview with Sarah Hart Unger, and that episode is getting some great feedback. So thank you for that. But we wanted to revisit the topic of goals and intentions today. First of all, because you and I like to talk about this stuff together, Megan, and you weren't there with right. me on the first. But also because I just have this feeling this year that not everybody is coming to the discussion of January goal setting with the same enthusiasm. I I maybe it's just me, but it feels like kind of a hard year. There's a lot to unpack this year. Yeah. But before we get started, just how's January going for you? Like we're midway through the month now. It's been a wild couple weeks. How are you doing?
1: Um, I'm I usually am good in January and this is no exception. Um, my kids are back in school, like real for real life school. Like their bodies are in a school building. Um a couple days a week they're on a hybrid schedule, which has been wild because I really had forgotten how many months it's been. Mm -hmm. It's been almost ten months since my kids have entered a school building. Um and that is that was it really made me reflect on how long this has been. (laughs) Like it's just, so, so that has been really nice. I have had a lot of creative energy. I'm sure you've noticed Sarah Mm -hmm. around um, work and creativity and, and different things I'm working on. I am doing my yoga challenge again this year. It's like a COVID version. So it is instead of um, you may remember when I did it two years ago, it was 60 classes in two months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And now it's three per week virtually and, I, it's really nice. I think this is, and they're all, you know, so they're all virtual classes and a lot of them are shorter now. I think the studios are realizing it's really hard for people to find 90 minutes at home. Mm -hmm. Like it's just hard to stay focused for that long or even an hour. It sometimes can be hard. So the classes um, that I'm doing are are ranging from 30 to 30 to 50 minutes, usually five zero. And it's been great. And so that's been something nice. It's kind of, uh, like a structure around something I love anyway, but helps keep me on track. So I'm doing all right, but you know, this has been a weird week and, um, and and, like, there's been a lot of disruption already this month and it's just kind of an intense month in general right now with everything going on. So yeah, Yeah. anyway, that's, that's kind of how I'm doing personally good. Knowing that January is always a bit of a little, it's a little bit of a, uh, blip for me in that the holidays ending in the new year always gives me a bit of a rush. And so I have to watch out for that fading, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. To capture the energy, but not to burn your, your star too soon. Exactly. And yep. I, I kind of think of it as a ramp up. I've really tried to not put too much pressure on myself the last couple of Januarys to have Christmas completely put away by like the second day of January and have, you know, all of my intentions set. Cause I found what that means is then I, then I just start the year kind of beating myself up. Like I'm late or behind. Right. So I've really tried the last few years to look at January as like a an entry into the new year, but it's like yeah. I get the whole month. So as we as we record this, we're, you know, we're well into the month, but I'm still looking at this as like nobody's behind or too late. And I hope right. we, we bring that to this discussion today. But let's dig into why this year feels particularly weird and tricky and maybe even unpleasant or hard when it comes to looking forward and making plans or goals, um, obviously 2020 was very hard on many families and also very unpredictable um, and mm-hmm. hard and unpredictable often go together, but they don't always. Um, and they, 2020 was both. And so I, when I talked to Sarah Hart Unger a couple of weeks ago, we talked about just um, the that's made us so hesitant to look forward to things again. Are you feeling that like, like school, for example, I I usually by this time would have summer break and spring breaks all planned into my annual calendar. And I remember the other day I went to look at the website thinking like, oh, when is spring break or when do we get out for summer? And my brain was literally like, Sarah, it doesn't matter because it's probably going to change. Said, That's right, very yeah. different. I don't know if you're experiencing that.
1: So what's weird for me is that I I actually kind of can thrive on unpredictability because I typically at this point would not be seriously looking forward to summer yet anyway, except maybe in some kind of grandiose like wouldn't it be great if kind Mm -hmm. of a way. Um, But I don't I'm not yet tying my hopes or plans to a specific set of dates or specific circumstances. I think for me, the fact that I can deal really well with like I can roll with the punches really, really well in the short term, Mm -hmm. which means I underestimate sometimes how much they're wearing on me in the long term, Mm -hmm. And it sneaks up on me. Like it can really come out of nowhere and hit me how hard things have been. And that was definitely the case with like this week. I um, posted a picture in our Facebook community of Clara dissecting a a sea lamprey. Mm -hmm. And it made me cry because I was like, oh my goodness, like almost a whole year of her life. She didn't get to do any of this stuff, Mm -hmm. like none of it. And when I thought about it, like in retrospect that way, when I saw the big picture, it made me very sad and it really made me miss stuff. So it's almost like retrospectively, I can see it. I don't see it while it's happening because I'm busy just kind of dealing rolling with. Um, Yeah, right. And and I think some, you know, to your conversation with Sarah Hart Unger, there are things that I have just naturally gravitated towards that are pretty pandemic proof, Mm -hmm. like the way I'm doing my yoga goals now are virtual and they're happening at home. I've signed up for other things that are all happening at home. I don't I'm not counting on life getting back to normal for those things to happen. But still, there is that that process, that mental process running in the back of my head, wondering when I can count on anything again. Right. And right. Like the governor spoke today at one thirty. I don't really. And, and right now it's three o'clock Eastern time. I don't know what she said. Did she say <laughs> we Like I don't know, like my next week, next week will be completely different depending on if she changed something.
0: I'm laughing because I think there was a few months ago we recorded a podcast episode while my governor of California was speaking. And I remember the same thing being like, I'm not quite sure if what I'm going to say is not going to be true by the time this podcast airs. And that's the world we live in now, which is so bananas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just acknowledging that 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 does make Setting goals difficult, but I think what we want to do today is look at ways where we can set goals that feel motivating and inspiring. That are, as as Sarah Hart Unger said, and we said, kind of pandemic proof, or that take this unpredictability into account. Um, yeah. Another big one that I just want to acknowledge is that we are bone tired of. Yeah um putting one foot in front of the other in a Not just you and
1: me, but no, moms. Moms.
0: We <laughs> yeah. we as a community yeah. of yeah. parents are tired of this high functioning that's been required that takes yeah. so much more mental energy and we we did a few episodes about this kind of the mental load and emotional labor and the ways that the pandemic has changed the way we parent, changed the things we have to worry about with our kids and you know, we're, we're coming up on one year really pretty soon here. And yeah. so just acknowledging that the capacity to set goals usually is based on kind of your bandwidth, right? Like oh, I've got this extra money this year. I've got this extra energy this year. I've got this extra time off this year. Like we have none of that. We're all running yeah. de- from depleted tanks. And so uh, goal setting might have to look necessarily very different. It might not be lofty goals about your business or your side hustle but I, I still maintain that we can use what we know about ourselves and use what we know about goal setting to set goals that might actually support this tiredness. So, I mean, some of our goals mm. might have to do with taking care of ourselves better or refilling that tank. So it just requires a big reframe this year, I think.
1: The thing I keep coming back to is that this year, and of course now we're in a new year, but this, I'm going to say not calendar year, but like pandemic <laughs> this, year. this pandemic year of that, that feels like a decade um, it has given us a pass to do absolutely everything and anything differently. And Mm -hmm. I think we can lean into that. So like we, we can't do goal setting the way we always have. Not only do we not have necessarily the resources to draw on, like you mentioned, Sarah, but also a lot of goal setting comes from opportunity. Like something Mm -hmm. gets in front of you and you're like, that seems really cool. I think I'll do that. Well, that's, we don't know what's going to be cool (laughs) this (laughs) year or what's going to be available that those opportunities aren't getting in front of us. And in some ways that's it can leave us feeling a little like at loose ends, like we don't know what to throw ourselves into because nothing is popping up in front of us saying this will be available to you. But in another way, that kind of creates space and yeah. it allows us to then say, never mind then, that's not gonna happen. So what are ways that I can take care of myself and my family and, and mm-hmm. all the things that are happening inside my four walls? Um, and maybe to some extent things happening outside mm-hmm. of my four walls too. So um, yeah, like I think it's, it's almost like goal setting sounds a little too chirpy, Yeah. but you know, for what we're talking about here, it's more like just let's know ourselves. Let's do things that make us feel good. Let's plan our lives out in ways or create, you know, um, structures around the things that we can control so that when we do emerge from this, we're like ready.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea and I love using what we know about ourselves and we're going to talk later about kind of our personality quirks with goal setting, but using what we've learned about ourselves in this last pandemic year to serve the year ahead and it doesn't have to be in an achievement sense or in a way that makes you feel like you're you're not measuring up or you didn't you didn't cross that thing off the list, but I like to think of it as using what we know about ourselves from past goal setting or just from the past pandemic year to to set some lines of sight that serve us in the year ahead. And it might look nothing like any goals you've ever set before. So, on that note, we have a lot to unpack today. But first, let's introduce the sponsor for this episode, You Need a Budget.
1: Yes, we are so happy to be partnering with You Need a Budget or YNAB on an episode all about making goal setting work for you, because that's exactly how they approach budgeting. YNAB is a budgeting system for people who don't wanna feel restricted or shamed about their spending but who do want to work toward financial goals like saving for their kids' education, paying down debt, or making a career change.
0: You know, Megan, in today's episode, we're going to be talking a lot about staying connected to our goals by looking at them often or talking about them with a friend or partner and other strategies that help us feel good about the progress we're making. With YNAB in your corner on the budgeting side, you'll also get that satisfaction of staying actively connected to what your dollars are doing for you each month. It's a forward-looking budgeting system. You don't look backwards, you look ahead. And here we are in January, so I am all over that.
1: When you sign up for YNAB at youneedabudget.com slash momhour, you'll get a 34-day free trial which means you get to put the app on your phone, play around on your computer, connect all your bank accounts, and see what it's all about. You'll also get a ton of resources and educational content throughout the month, so you're not left to figure it all out on your own. And then, because it's 34 days totally free, at the end of the month, you can really get a sense of what a difference this can make when you continue with YNAB, which starts as low as just $7 a month.
0: Again, try YNAB free for 34 days at youneedabudget.com slash momhour. That's youneedabudget.com slash mom hour.
1: So Sarah, we have definitely talked ad nauseum in the <laughs> past about how different we are personality-wise, but there's a lot of crossover um, and sometimes really interesting places. But I think this whole idea of self-awareness and understanding your drivers, your um, how you how you interact with systems and processes mm-hmm. in a day-to-day way versus the big picture, all of those things knowing that you know about yourself really are basically where you start when you're setting goals. Or at least when you start figuring out how to get those goals, which are two different things, Mm -hmm. right? It's one thing to have the goal, but just setting a goal and then not making a plan to get there gets you nowhere. So I guess I want us to dive into sort of um, traditional messaging about goals and intentions and how we personally relate to those. Like, have we sometimes been all in and sometimes we resist? How how do you interact when it comes to goal setting and intentions?
0: Well, this is, I think, really important to ask this time of year. We're now two weeks into January. And if you've been consuming blogs or social media or newsletters or magazines, wherever you get your information, you may be feeling like you want to like, stop like too much. Everybody's talking this time of year about their new planner and their new goal setting system. So I just want to validate anybody who has felt like this year you're not in the right headspace or it's too, too much too soon. I think it's a real feeling to almost have a resistance to everything coming at you this time of year. It's why there's as many articles about why resolutions don't work as there are about people making resolutions. It's a, it's kind of, um, it fires people up. So I just want to kind Mm -hmm. of validate that. And yes, I have spent most of my adult life having a very knee-jerk resistance to goal setting and intention setting up until the last couple of years. And I'll talk more about that later. But I think there's a few reasons why I just, I really kind of resisted um, the push or the marketing efforts toward me about goal setting this time of year. Um, One of those reasons is I spent my early professional years actually creating content for business owners that had a lot of overlap with new year goal setting. So um, I, I worked for kind of a success guru who wrote and spoke and gave lectures and gave courses to both salespeople and he- healthcare professionals. And it was all about like your vision statement, your mission statement, um, your like your core objectives and breaking it down and like setting quarterly goals. And I, um, I learned a lot. I created a lot of content in that arena, but I think it had a weird side effect where first of all, I got a little jaded. Like it felt mm-hmm. a little bit produced, if that makes yep. sense. And I didn't ever relate to it personally, which is weird. I was just a young professional. I was a writer. Um, and and so I, I both internalized a lot, but I also internalized a little bit of a um, uh, like same, same. I've heard this all before. Does it really work? Yada, yada. Like a little cynicism. So that's kind of just some, it, it took me a long time to unlearn that. Be like, oh, there's a reason why everybody talks about this. Is One of those reasons is maybe it actually is helpful. <laughs> um, yeah. Number two, I was just in the trenches. I When I was in the trenches of early motherhood, I had no interest in setting long-term goals. And if that's you right now, I just think that's okay. No, I think there's other moms who are in the trenches who do maintain that sense of wanting to move their career forward or their creative you know, their creative goals forward. I just didn't. It's like that part of my brain shut off for a, a number of years. So that was another reason. Um, I'm also a very productive person by nature. And I think sometimes that serves cross purposes. On the one hand, I get a lot done. I'm good at project management. And I've never been someone who's like, gosh, Sarah, you need to get more on your plate or get more done. So I I almost created a story that I didn't need goal setting because I already, I already think like that. And I, I also had to unlearn that because while I can be productive and list oriented, that's not the same thing as um, creating long-term goals or being more visionary or more values based with your goals. So that was another mm-hmm. story. I really had to kind of unlearn about that resistance. And then this last one, I think you and I share, and that is trend aversion, like anything that feels trendy or like everybody's doing it. And that's like word of the year intentions Mm -hmm. or, you know, like the latest paper planner that's so pretty or bullet journaling, even though I actually probably would love some of those things. I just have an, like an internal trend aversion streak in me. And I know you do too. So yeah, that was a little bit long, but those are, that's, I wanted to paint the picture of why Sarah has in the past had a real weird, like resistant relationship to goal setting. And then later on, I'll talk about like how I have unlearned some of those things and kind of taken a new approach.
1: So first of all, your first one and your last one, first of all, how you're like, you were a little bit jaded because your professional life kind of smacked you right up against that kind of, yeah. um, that kind of content. And then the last one, the trend version, those are both, if I were good, going to say that I was ever averse to or resistant to goal setting, it's for those two reasons. I've been in um, some kind of content creation for 20 years now, mm-hmm. and I've seen it all. Mm-hmm. And I know how much of it is like snake oil, or <laughs> you know what I mean, or like these overpriced systems that are supposed to help you. Like they get, they tell you all the fluffy talk you want to hear, but they don't really help you do anything. And I've seen all that, and I've probably been part of creating some of it. So like, I know, like, I I also have a jadedness or skepticism about that. And, and also trends, like Mm -hmm. just jumping on board because I want to create my own thing. Like, why would I do what everyone else is doing? I could come up with something better. So those two are the only things that have made me really averse. Um, what I think is very interesting about, you know, your middle, um, sort of resistant, I guess, tendencies that you named, Uh, you being in the trenches, making you not really look outside of the trenches and then you being very on task. Those are actually like the exact inverse, I suppose, Mm -hmm. of where my mindset goes with that. So for me, even when I was in the trenchiest trenches, Mm -hmm. I had diaries full of goals. What I didn't know how to do and and took me quite some time to figure out how to do is that middle step. Like I all I have a I have a great I love making big, sweeping, long-term goals. And I even like the granular steps. Like I like listing out what I would need to do to do those things and get me to the goal. But where I would have problems is when my life started to get too messy or crazy, I had a really hard time prioritizing. And Mm -hmm. so I would be all over the place. Like one day I'm working on my novel the next day, like, you know, I'm trying to dig out from four days of under four days of dishes. Like I was just all over the place. And that steady productivity that you describe yourself as having is much harder for me. Mm -hmm. My energy levels bounce around, my ideas bounce around. Um, So that was one thing that was really hard. But I think the really, really missing piece for me, besides just figuring out how to make systems and structure work for me, which is a lifelong (laughs) challenge and workaround that I'm still working on every day, but I have to have the right motivation. Like I have to decide this, I want to do this. I really, really want to do this thing. And I'm willing to do what I have to do to make it happen. And sometimes I could have so many goals. I really wasn't that committed to most of them. Mm -hmm. They just sounded good on paper. Um, and then I have to see some results pretty quick. And I, I have to be, you do need to wait things out and apply them long enough to see things happen, but I need to know something is moving in the right direction or Mm -hmm. I, and this is again a muscle you can flex. And I've gotten way better at not needing instant gratification for sure. But I need to know something's happening. Yes. Right? Like I have to be able to say I want this badly, badly enough to do it, to show up every, every day. And then I have to know, I have to trust that something's actually gonna happen. So um yeah, like over the years I have learned how to succeed in implementing systems and processes and reaching goals and I've reached a lot of really big long-term goals, but I've flopped on way more of them than I've actually reached. Mm -hmm. And I think that speaks not just to understanding yourself, but like not every goal or intention you set, you're going to get to. And maybe that's a really important thing just to pause on for a second. Like you're going to make goals and intentions that are going to fall by the wayside or that you are going to throw out. And you're still making progress, even if the only progress you made is that you just learned you don't care that much Mm -hmm. or that's really not for you or this isn't the time for you to be pursuing that. Like all of those things count. And I think I just think that sometimes we um, we look at quitting as failure. We Mm -hmm. look at I don't know, like we just look at things as failures when they're not really abject failures. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of put a bow on the whole trend thing. I have definitely found sometimes that intention setting, certain intention setting processes or the way people talk about them can kind of come off as a little bit cheesy. Mm -hmm. And I have a snap judgment about them. But then later I've had to eat my words when I actually decided it was kind of helpful to set them. So having those, you know, judgments is a trouble spot for me. It's a blind spot for me. I will just totally acknowledge that. And it's one that I've worked on over the years. And I guess I've just become much more open because I feel like any, I feel like any self-awareness we gain, I think anything we do to work on ourselves is worth it in the end, even if it doesn't get us to where we thought we wanted to go.
0: Yes. And I, I want to like jump in just on that because you, because you and I are so similar about that. And we do have this kind of trend aversion or like we're, we're like, we have cliche allergies. Like we just don't want the cheesiness, like both of us kind of avoid that. But what's funny is. That, that idea that it feels like everybody's doing or that's trendy, it, it, it there was a reason that it generated excitement in somebody yes. and then it caught on. And I think if we can remember that there's a nugget in there that's helpful to a lot of people, it may not be helpful to you, but it may also not be you know, need to be dismissed out of hand. So I don't know, maybe maybe it's just you and me. Maybe others don't struggle with this kind of trend aversion. I
1: have a feeling we're not the only ones, but um, we'd love to hear from you if you are. Yeah. Okay, so we've done a lot of this, you know, self-awareness and just kind of figuring out our own tendencies. So what have we learned about our personalities that actually helps us set goals that we can achieve or that we enjoy achieving? Because those are two different things. I mean, anybody can do almost anything, but that doesn't mean we want to or that we'll, Feel satisfied in the end. So, Sarah, you go first. What are some strategies or ways that you've kind of worked with your personality?
0: Yeah. Well, I think I kind of spent the last question talking about all the ways I got in my own way or avoided or rejected this idea of goal setting. And something kind of started to shift, I would say, two or three years ago. Maybe it's just because I was coming out of the trenches. I was around a lot of um, very motivated, inspiring women content creators like you and like all of our friends. And I kept thinking, okay, well, if everybody's talking about this every January, like maybe there is something to it. Maybe maybe I can get over myself a little bit. And I just started to be a little bit more open to first consuming content, podcasts and books and interviews and articles about things like goal setting and intention setting. So a big one for me, the strategy was to get over myself basically, um, kind of get out of my own way. Um, and then also I think a mindset shift for me, was just to be a little bit more playful and less serious when it came to setting a goal or trying a new approach. I'm, um, I am such a systems person that I can make something very unfun by thinking, okay, Sarah, like you're going to get a new planner for this year. It's got to be the best one. It's got to be the right one. And you've got to use it all year. And you know, it's like that could just kill the joy right out of it. So I have really tried to be much looser or uh, less white knuckled about trying new things. And that might look like choosing a word of the year. Um, Last year, I did a 40 days to 40 walking challenge for myself and actually talked about it publicly which is never something I would have done in the past for all the reasons we've talked about. I would have thought it sounded cheesy or like it was, you know, like, I don't know. I just would have felt weird about it. So I think one of the biggest things for me has just been letting go of some of those hangups, being uh, less obsessed with it being the right system or sticking with it all year and just being open to trying new things, especially in this January time when we when we're we're exposed to a lot of ideas and we're around a lot of inspiring people. And it's like, why not, why not jump on a bandwagon, right? Like if I'm so bandwagon yeah. averse, like what's the harm in trying this little bandwagon right now? So that's, that's one big <laughs> thing. Um, and then on a much more practical note, one thing I've learned is that I'm much more successful with goals that I can manage with everyday behavior changes. Um, And so Sarah Hart Unger, and I think she got it from Laura Vanderkam, they would call these process goals. And I'm sure there's a lot of other kind of terminology, but things like flossing my teeth every day, or calling my grandma once a month, things that I can track and measure that are behaviors that move me toward what might be a loftier goal. So the loftier goal might be oral health or overall health or a deeper connection to my family. But if I can make that into a daily or a monthly checklist, it just works well for my brain. And I think as we move through this episode, I'll I'll share some other ways where I've kind of finally learned that that's the way my brain is wired, but I can use that to my advantage to actually move toward much more like soft or emotion-based goals, but still use the checklist format, if that makes sense.
1: It totally makes sense. And I think one thing that comes up when you're talking about this is that sometimes a goal or a practice, um, because you can have a practice that doesn't have a goal, right? (laughs) Is, is, is is about the practice itself. And it doesn't really matter what the goal is. And sometimes the goal is what's important. So by that, I mean, I am doing a daily yoga practice um, or mostly daily. I don't really have a specific goal in mind. Like I don't, I don't, necessarily care if I ever do it a, a handstand or you know what I mean like there's things that I think would be cool if I got there but it's more about the fact that like it makes me feel good when I do it it makes me feel more grounded and more healthy and I can tell the difference when I don't and that's a little bit different than having an ultimate goal like a really specific ultimate goal and I think we can kind of get a little stuck sometimes when we think everything that we enjoy as a process needs to lead to some yeah goal. sometimes it's okay to like one and Sometimes it's okay not to even really like what you're doing, but to like the goal that you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do think you can make yourself like things when you get better at them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's the goal, right? Like I want to be a better cook. You might hate cooking, but you're willing to cook because you want to be better at it. Mm-hmm. And then the better you get, the more you enjoy it. So um, I think that's a fun distinction and it helps me kind of pick apart why I'm doing something uh-huh. and if it even matters if I ever master it or if I just want to do it just to do it. Um, so to answer my own question about like how we kind of lean in on our personalities, I you know you mentioned like the word of the year thing. And I love that, like except for the trendiness part of it, which I've gotten over. I really love like the lofty intuitive part of my brain loves the idea of focusing in on an idea, um, a concept, right? Mm-hmm. But then there's like a lack of action in it. And I am very action oriented, yeah. maybe not to the detailed way that you are. But like the lack of action sometimes means I then later I'm like, why did I even bother? Like, oh, my intention for, you know, my my word for the year is abundance. OK, am I more abundant? Did I do anything? to? What does that even mean? And I think sometimes like words like that or um, practices like that are almost more like a like a mantra, like something you bring yourself back to thinking about conceptually without putting that expectation that like anything different is going to happen, like Mm -hmm. that there's going to be any concrete change because I think that's maybe not what it's about or maybe that's not what it has to be about. So um, I've definitely, I try to weigh my um, goals equally between things that are just there to make me kind of think and reflect and things that are there to make me actually move forward and do -hmm. stuff. And those are often very, very different. I want to share a story, though, because um, I think a lot of people will relate to this, even though it, it's aging me and it makes my technology seem <laughs> super ancient. But I I don't I think
0: Fly Lady is still around. Have you heard of Fly Lady? I think I heard of her through you back in the day, but nothing okay, I've so, consumed recently.
1: OK, so Fly Lady was like a big, big deal um, in like the very early 2000s. Like, I think it came on my radar in like 2000, like the year in the year 2000, if anybody remembers that Conan O'Brien. Oh my gosh. I should just stop now. But anyway, <laughs> that reference. Um, and it was a, at the time, it was like an email program. So you would sign up for an email list and you would get reminders all day that would tell you how to keep your house clean. And I was at the time, <laughs> at the time we were traveling, I think I was living like in a extended stay hotel with a baby, like a little baby and a two-year-old. And then we were like getting ready to move back into our apartment. So we left an apartment. So most of our stuff was in the apartment. It's not like I was like, you know, shuffling around all of our stuff, like the clampets or anything. But, um, oh my gosh, I just used another super dated. Do you know who the clampets are? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to mention any more pop culture or anything date related, but anyway, so what you would do is you'd sign up for fly lady and all day long, you'd get email blasts like 12 or more times oh a day. Oh my gosh. And it would remind you of things like shine your sink, put your shoes on. She had a big, like a big fixation with wearing your shoes <laughs> because she felt like if you didn't put your shoes on, you didn't take like life seriously. Okay. So like if you were in your house and not wearing shoes, like you wouldn't want to clean because you would feel like you hadn't started your day yet. So there were all these little things. And at first it was super motivating. Like, wow, I, I see what she means. It's a mindset shift. Mm-hmm. Like put your shoes on. Then you feel like you want to do stuff. I get it. I get it. I get it. And then by the end of like the second day, I was like, quit telling me what to do, Fly Lady. Like I'm getting <laughs> really, really annoyed now. So here's the thing. I, try, I I started and quit Fly Lady probably 17 times. Um, in the end, what I learned is that I'm a rebel and I learned this. So I learned that young. Like mm-hmm. that's a good thing to learn when you're, I think maybe I was 22 years mm-hmm. old when I learned this about myself. That's, that's good, right? But I also learned what motivated me and what doesn't. And someone yelling at me all day does not motivate me, turns mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. But what did motivate me is that I really, really, really wanted a cleaner, more functional home. Mm-hmm. And like, really, I could stick with that. And I learned a few tactics. Now, her method kind of focused on solving problems I didn't actually have. It was a little too prescriptive for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm more intuitive. I look around my house and at night I'll say, how do I feel about the state of my home right now? Is it pretty good? Okay. It's pretty good that I don't really care if my sink is shiny right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree. That's a great visual cue. If you can shine up your sink sometimes, like sometimes having one little space that you clean does give you that energy to then move on to the next space. I, I totally get that. But for me, I needed to just be able to like, I just need to be able to tap into my big picture strengths and say, do I care that my front closet is messy right now when everything else in my house looks great? No, not really. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a priority, right? And that's a strength. Yeah. It's not a weakness. It's yeah. just a strength. It's, it's, it's my strength. Your strength might be different, but I was able to lean in on it and still use some of the Fly Lady tips. So eventually, the good news is, I did find a way to keep my house clean enough, you know, and organized mm-hmm. enough. And I think most people who come into my house would say, wow, your house is really clean. Like, the, I, I don't ever feel embarrassed to have people in my house. Yeah. I don't ever feel like I can't put my hands on something if I need to. There are problem spots. There always will be. Um, and of course, it helped that at some point I no longer had a, a newborn and a <laughs> toddler, although I then had that again later. But yeah. by that point, I was more practiced. Right. So I guess the reason I'm telling the story about my fly lady failure is that even though I tried and failed like 17 times, it actually wasn't a failure. It mm-hmm. just got me there in a very, very different way. And so when I say like, I don't think any goal or anything you try can ever truly be seen as a flop. That's what I mean. Like everything is getting you somewhere.
0: It's so true. And I can think of so many um, comparable experiences. Like I'm thinking of Whole30, for example, or any other January eating, clean eating challenge that people start and maybe stick with and maybe go back to their regular eating or maybe maybe it just taught you what to look for in the grocery store when it comes to healthier fat oils. You take that with you forever. So it's not that you didn't stick with your clean eating plan because February came around and you realized that was really hard. And you know, I I like bread or whatever, but you take, (laughs) you take with you what you learned from doing that challenge. So I think as I, I, it seems like January challenges are getting more popular as a way to start the year, or maybe that's just my perception, but I love that reframe that it's not that you quit or that you couldn't stick with it. It's that you took what you needed from it and you moved on into the next phase. I love that.
1: Yeah. And I hope that that makes some of this like feeling bad about goal setting feel better. I mean, try it. Why not Mm -hmm. try it? Why not? Stuff is free. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, don't don't go tell everyone you're going to do it if you don't think you're going to stick to it because then you get that shame spiral. (laughs) Yeah. Just tell yourself in your own mind, I'm going to try this on and see how it feels. And maybe this isn't the year to do it all the way. But maybe this is the year to dip your toe in. Yeah. And try it again next year. So, okay. So to wrap up, um, you know, part one of this episode, Sarah, what of that self-knowledge, especially the stuff you really gained in 2020, are you taking into 2021 when you're thinking about your goals? So this might be stuff you always knew about yourself, but yeah. really solidified this year, or maybe you learned some brand new stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, I touched on it earlier, but we all know that I am... A productive and very list oriented and checklist oriented person. And that self-discovery is not new. But I think I I think I locked into some stories about myself that were more limiting about that. And so I think what I'm realizing is after a very hard emotional year of 2020, I can still use that very sarah about myself, but use it to set goals, if you want to use the word goal, or um, to challenge myself in ways that are totally not checklisty and not productive and not what you would typically think of as Sarah So I'm thinking about things like rest and relationships mm-hmm. and spirituality and self-care. I can have um goal areas that are much more about what would you call that? Like the whole person aspect of my yeah. life, kind of Holistic. the deeper. Yeah. 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 Um, rather than achievement or productivity based goals but, and this is like, this is the bit of self-knowledge. I still know that I work really well within a checklist system. So why not have um, friendship connection metrics or or checklists built into my rhythm? Because that achieves, that uses a system that works for my brain, but it, I'm using it toward things that are much more holistic, as you said. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm thinking about in 2021 is, it's not either or it's not binary, Mm. but I can kind of use what I know about myself and then um, do it in a softer way or a more holistic way for 2021.
1: Well, I love that because my answer is almost, (laughs) it's not the reverse. I always get reverse and inverse mistaken. So maybe
0: or converse like inside out. What's the word that means um, a mirror image or something? There's a couple other words. Yeah. Maybe converse. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. So I'll tell you what I'm thinking and maybe we we can have a math person out there, a geometry person who can tell us. So I think people who know me, um, just get this impression sometimes that I act really impulsively and quickly about stuff. And, and I know that when I finally decide to do something, um, especially when I really commit, I really can look like a flurry of like manic activity. Sometimes I, I get that that's what I put out there, but the truth is I often sit on stuff for a really, really long time. And you know that about me, Sarah, mm-hmm. like it might not be apparent on the outside, but I will often have a few false starts. I've learned not to make all those false starts public until mm-hmm. I'm ready, right? But like, I will really, really mull. And 2020 really shone a light for me on just how long I sometimes mull over almost anything. And that could be anything from deciding to try a new app that like everyone around me has been recommending for five years or doing a new project that I'm not sure I'm going to succeed at. Like, I, I just see that really hard. And so this year... I'm just leaning into my mulling like and not feeling Mm. bad about it. Um, I know that I know that like I've got stuff in 2021 that I'm going to want to do that probably isn't going to happen this year. And that's hard for me. But on the other side, I do know that slow and steady will get you there. Like it really eventually will or it'll get you to where you don't care anymore. (laughs) And then you let it go. It's like either way, the passage of time and just putting one foot in front of the other It gets you somewhere. And this is also a benefit of being 43. So I will say that like the last couple decades have shown me that the idea of being too late um, is just so grossly overblown in most of our minds. And moms of little kids, I just really want you to keep that in mind. If you're bemoaning like the fact that you're not reading much right now or listening to music like you used to, or you don't have a side hustle or any number of things like you have so much time. And I'm saying this as someone who thought it was running out of time when I was 22. And then when I was 25, then I was 28 and I was 32. Like I always thought I was, I, I had missed the boat. Um, but you know what? At 43, I have plenty of time and in 10 years I'll still have plenty of time. So I'm really trying to kind of, um, dig in on that idea that I'm not really It's not about achieving a list. It's just about like living the life I want to live, which sometimes means just being deep in thought about something for a really long time before I commit. On the opposite side, which I think this is funny, Sarah, because this is touching right on what you were saying. Systems really do help me. Like they really, really do. I sometimes mull so hard. I don't get around to implementing them Uh or even to learning about them. But when I do, they, they can be great. They just have to be the right system. Um, I'm never going to be somebody who wants to try out a new organization process just for the heck of it. Mm -hmm. I don't, that's not me. Um, I don't like to try apps just to see how I like them. I don't want to buy a new calendar system just to know if it works. Like I need to know why it works. I need to see the big picture Mm -hmm. of how that system is going to interact with this other system and this other thing I already have going on in my life. And how are all those things fitting together going to create the, this beautiful, big, smooth, big picture that I want. And if I can see that Mm -hmm. I will eventually get around to using them, but that takes a lot of time. It just takes a lot of time for me to think it over and figure it out. So I don't really know. Um, I don't know if that even answers my own question. I just think that I'm just getting okay with the fact that like, I need systems in my life to support my big goals But it also might take me five years to get around to doing the thing everyone else has been doing all along. And that's okay.
0: And that's okay. And I loved what you said about I think you said something about enjoying the life that you're living, even as that includes a lot of mulling, like the mulling isn't putting you behind. It's not it's not like some pause button that you're waiting to hit play on. It is like a it is an active state, even if it feels less active. So that was like I thought that was super profound. So, well, let's talk a little bit more about our sponsor, You Need a Budget, and then we're going to dive into some of our actual goals for 2021.
1: Yeah. So Sarah, like you said, in the second half of the episode, we're really going to get into specific areas of our lives where we're finding that goal setting is really helpful. And sometimes the systems that you implement in those areas can be really simple. But I have to say for me, personal finance is one area where I just need more than like A spreadsheet or a to do list or just my own brain. Mm -hmm. The way I used to budget when I was doing it just with paper and pen was that I'd figure out how much I need to have on hand for bills. And then whatever was left over was just like extra. Well, (laughs) you know what happens to extra money? It disappears. (laughs) And what is so different about you need a budget is that you make a plan for every dollar you have proactively. So sometimes this is called a zero based budget because at the end of the month, you want to have zero dollars but not like literally zero dollars. It just means you've planned to spend every dollar. So all that extra money you've actually proactively planned for the stuff that's inevitably going to come up. So when things like car repairs or the holidays or other things, house repairs come up, they don't take you by surprise because you've been leveraging your money, all your money all along.
0: And can we take a minute just to demystify the word budget? I think to a lot of people, it can sound really judgy like an app or a system is going to tell you how you should spend your money or like beep at you or yell at you, you know, if you go over budget or mess up. But when it's done right, a budget is actually really just a plan for how you want to spend your money. So it's completely up to you. It actually gives you more freedom to spend the money you have in the way that you want to.
1: Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important not to wait until everything is perfect or you get that new job or you pay off the credit card or whatever before you start. You Need a Budget is really unique and that it's made so you can start whenever, like the middle of the month or the day after you got laid off, like whatever. You're planning with the money you actually have right now, not imagining what life might look like when you have more money later or thinking about how things used to be with your money, right? right. So it's a really powerful tool for getting things back on track if they've gone a little awry or just ironing out the wrinkles in your current financial situation.
0: It's really important that you give your budget time to work for you because there's always a learning curve. One of the things I have loved about getting to know Winab system is the educational content that they provide for you throughout the first month. So, videos and tips and examples of how other budgeters are reaching their goals and how they're using YNAB in very different ways because everybody's different. So you're not going to be left out alone to figure this out on your own. YNAB really kind of takes your hand and walks you through that first month, which I love. And then they make that learning curve even easier by offering a free no commitment 34 day trial. That's a full month plus an extra few days to see how it's working at the end of the month. There's no credit card required. You just go to youneedabudget.com slash momhour. That's youneedabudget.com slash momhour for a 34-day free trial of You Need a Budget. Okay, Megan. Well, let's let everybody in on some of our actual goals and intentions for 2021. Um, It's funny. You and I haven't really compared notes on this yet. I've taken a much more structured approach to goal setting this year. I used a lot of what I talked about with Sarah Hart Unger. And kind of did some annual and some quarterly and some monthly. And I'm sure yours don't look like that. So in terms of how we got to this point, I think it's perfect for this episode because it's probably very much in line with our personalities and what notebook we wrote it in or whether it's digital or paper. Like, it kind of doesn't matter. Um, And we're not going to share every goal from every category here. We just kind of want to give some examples of how we've used what we know about ourselves and what we learned in 2020 to set some goals for 2021. So let's start with home, because I think we both have yeah. some goals in the category of, I don't know, house and home, domestic life.
1: Yes, well, and not surprisingly, Sarah, my, my process is a little more loosey-goosey than yours. And, and often for me, it, again, to go back to what we said at the very beginning, it's, it's like realizing something's not working and that I want to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are living in a big new house. We've lived in it for almost a year now. And we probably won't live in it much more than another year. I can't imagine. It's huge. It was never meant to be a Mm long-term. This was like a parking spot when I still had a bunch of kids at home and I don't see it being any kind of long-term situation. So, um, I don't want it to fill up with stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a closet, there's closets everywhere. There's a huge basement. Like it would be so easy for me to just let this house get completely overridden. And I don't want that to happen. And and right now, because it's post holiday and I'm still trying to like get rid of boxes and stuff, I'm really feeling really very motivated not to be in a year looking at those same boxes, you know, and trying yes. to figure out what to do with them when I'm moving out or whatever. So, um, I'm sure you've seen the funny memes that are going around about the the really good box. No, have you seen those? No. Oh my gosh. Okay, so it's like people who can't get rid of boxes because it's a really good box.
0: Okay. It's like- yeah.
1: The boxes that we get with like, um, FabFitFun yeah. or like Bev yeah. has really pretty boxes. Like some of our sponsors send us stuff in these gorgeous boxes. And I want to keep the boxes because they're really good boxes. Right. And so you, or like Apple boxes, like your iPhone box yes. or your Mac box, you can always convince yourself there's going to be like some use for a box, but my, like, I just keep saying this in my head. Like there's no such thing as a good box. You don't actually need right. if there's no purpose for the box. And so for me, that means doing things like going way out of my usual way that I do things. And um, we get a certain number of special trash pickups every year Yep. where the city will come. We get like three and they'll come take away whatever we've got. Yeah. Yeah. And so but that means I have to A, decide I'm going to do it this week. B, check the weather to make sure it's not ridiculous that Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to do it if it's like sleeting all day. Right. C, call the city and arrange for the pickup. Um D make sure you pull together all the stuff and you have to really you only get a few so you have to make the most of it so you don't want to waste you know you don't want to like bring a half of a um of a load down to the street right? right so there's all these like little things that have to happen for me to get rid of boxes but it's worth it mm-hmm. i think and and that goes along with a lot of the boring stuff of the house like having light bulbs and batteries i know there's a way I can almost automate that. I could use um, online shipping. I could have a list someplace. Like I know there's a way for me to, to lessen hassle in my life and create that smooth flow feeling I want um, to use a yoga instructor that I just was with today, like in a class and to, to make my house feel like it's flowing. And that is the big motivator for me, which will eventually lead me to doing all this lame detail stuff I don't want to do.
0: Well, just as an outside observer, I think there are other areas of your life where you do achieve that flow. Like you have some really good rituals around self-care and travel and some other things that you do regularly. Um, So it's not like I think there's a lot of evidence that you are very capable, I guess, in case you needed to hear that. I just
1: got to want to do it. Thank you. I know that I'm capable, but I don't care about light bulbs. But but you know what? Here's the thing I also don't like when I go in a room and turn the lights on and they don't turn on. Yeah. Like, that's a real bummer. Yeah. And then not being able to put my hands on light bulbs is an even bigger bummer. So I would just like to avoid that. And yeah. I don't want a house that's overridden with boxes. Yeah. So, yeah. So there, I need to deal with those details, right? Very
0: actionable, a, yeah. Yeah, pain, actionable. Yeah. Actionable pain points to strive for. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So in the home realm for me, I have a few, like a little list. Not surprising. Uh, one, I would like to find a rhythm between a professional house cleaner and doing my own cleaning. I've not had professional house cleaning at all in the new house. And we stopped doing it in the old house all during COVID. And um, I don't mind doing a lot of my own cleaning. What I don't have right now is the right expectations or the right rhythms. Because I, when I had help, it was only once a month. But I knew the things that were going to be happening once a month. And I knew what I did in the interim. And now I do it all. And I don't have a good system. Plus, I have a new house. So that's a goal for 2021. Um, I've almost avoided getting a professional cleaner because it feels overwhelming the first time. And it feels overwhelming to start that whole new thing. Um, So I need to get over that hang up and then decide on what the frequency is and what kind of the division of labor is with that. Um, Yeah,
1: Sarah, I actually think, well, first of all, not only is it overwhelming to choose a new cleaner, but sometimes it's disappointing. So like, I think that we should totally do another episode just on that because Mm -hmm. just the, that rhythm you're talking about of, what you can do in your family can or should do and when and how, and then how can you like best leverage a cleaning service, I think is something that a lot of us just either don't think about or don't know how to do. So Mm -hmm. I think that'd be a great episode.
0: Yeah, I do too. Um, Something we started doing in late 2020 was family meetings once a week. And that was something I'd wanted to do for a long time. My mom did family meetings with us growing up and I hated them as a teenager, but I see a lot of value and they're not long and I keep them fun with a few little tips and tricks. And maybe that's another thing we can talk about in another episode, but also just on the functional calendar side of things and meal planning side, it's kept us to calendar planning and meal planning in a much more structured way as a family, as our kids get older and are more active participants. And eventually someday they'll also have their own social schedules when when COVID is over. So Family meetings once a week, we already started. So that's just a goal to continue. Um, I also want to add some kind of monthly review practice for for our home and personal finances. Um, for our business, Megan, I have a really good month-end review that I just kind of accidentally backed into where I look at our sales and I we have a bookkeeper and I look at numbers with her and I make sure I've invoiced everybody. And It's more on the financial side, but I I like knowing that not a month goes by where those things slip away because it's like if you don't look at it and then it's been four months, well, that four-month review takes a lot longer and and you're finding mistakes and you're playing catch-up. So what I'd like is to take that same satisfying monthly review practice that I've done for the business and have something like that personally. And I haven't worked out the details yet, but I know it would include... A little bit of looking back at the past month, maybe looking back at my goals, looking at our personal finances um, and looking ahead at the month ahead. And then, of course, looping Brian in on all that. So I don't have I don't know what that looks like yet, but I think I will feel really satisfied at having some ritual that kind of repeats each month rather than, Mm. like I said, getting getting super behind. Um, And then one more, I just gave myself a decor focus for 2021 because we have this big new house and a lot of it's not decorated or even fully furnished. And so the decor focus is rugs and art because we need those things. I'm going to get most of them secondhand, most likely. And they're things that add a lot of personality and kind of joy to the home. 2020 was just about like getting here, moving in and like getting some basic furniture set up. So I'm excited for it. That helps me narrow when I start to look on Facebook marketplace or whatever, it helps me narrow my, my search when I'm thinking, okay, 2021 is the year of rugs and art. And it's not that I'm never going to buy a lamp or like Mm. something else, but I think that just gave me a little home, home decor focus.
1: I love it. Yeah. Yeah, So another category that we wanted to talk about is family and relationships. And You know, I have really become very aware of um, my older kid relationship. And we talk on the show all the time about like looking at the big picture, looking at where you want to be with your kids in five years or what kind of relationship you want to maintain with them. And I just think that gets tricky to do when they get older. There's this, this awkward phase where you're not as like, you're not really as involved in the day-to-day so that and sometimes you don't even see your kids especially like in a divorced family you know my kids are kind of coming and going especially the olders and so it's very easy to fall into this trap where my interactions with my older kids is like a checklist of did they do all this stuff it's like almost more like maintenance than it is relationship and it's it's easy for that to become the basis of your interactions because Everyone's busy. Everyone's kind of coming and going, and when you do see them, you just want to make sure. Like to my older ones, did you renew your driver's license? Did you get your car insurance? Are like, you know, all this stuff. And then with the younger's, it's like, where are your grades? How's your classes going? And sometimes it's just harder to kind of organically build that relationship where what you need to like the only thing, the only way you get there is just spending time. Yeah. And. Like, not structured and not focused on a goal. And I have just found that's that gets hard to do after like 17. Mm-hmm. It just, and depending on your kid, you might have a kid who kind of starts pulling away from family interactions at 14 or 15, and then it's hard to do then too. So um, it's just, you know, and I'm not beating myself up about it. I think I do a pretty good job managing everybody's needs and all that stuff and keeping at least emotionally available to them. Mm-hmm. But I wanna be more than just available, I wanna be proactive and make them available to me. And I know that that's still something I might need to work at. So yeah. that's just a, uh, I don't really have like um, a step-by-step about that yet, but it's just on my mind and yeah. it's a goal for me.
0: I love that. Uh, for me with family and relationships, one thing um, I am doing, this is already started for Christmas. Um, I gave Brian, I kind of structured monthly new restaurant dates throughout 2021, even though restaurants are currently closed. So this is pandemic proof. Um, It was fun to think about the first few months of the year will definitely be takeout, but it was really fun to think about um, the later part of the year and maybe getting to try some new restaurants. So we moved to this town in a pandemic. We love trying new restaurants, but we also get a little lazy about takeout and just keep doing the same places. So I looked up the best, like the best restaurants in a bunch of different categories in Santa Barbara, and I printed them out and I cut them out. And we literally are going to draw from a bag like us. It'll be a surprise every month, which one oh, love we that. try out. And so there will be like a just kind of a surprise element. Um, and in the beginning, it'll just be takeout. It'll be like so. it's not even a date. I'm calling it a date. And in true 2021 fashion, like even that is probably too hard to achieve. So it will just be takeout. But I, I'm excited about it being something that we do together that that it's right in the realm of things we already love, which is food and eating and trying new restaurants. So it felt like a gift where I was able to use my skill sets of like planning and calendaring and structure to, to fill a, a need that we have, which is to get back on like a regular connection schedule. So yeah. So it felt like it kind of ticked a lot of boxes.
1: I love that. That is really cool. And I love the idea that like that is pandemic proof because the one thing that has been the case the whole time is the restaurants have always been open for takeout. Right. Um, and I, I also can get very lazy about thinking outside of like the easiest places to get to or the most obvious places. And now that everything's takeout again here for a little while, we were both open, but not now. Um, I was able to go out, but I really, my, my world shrunk down so much that like, I wasn't even trying places that I would have been before. So that's, I like that goal. That's fun.
0: Okay, well, one more category that I know we both have some goals in is creativity and hobbies and learning and growth, and I think all of that falls to falls under one. So, what uh, what goals do you have for creativity?
1: Okay, so I thought I only had two, but I actually have three. And the first one has to do with the yoga challenge that I'm doing. So, and this is an example of how, in some cases, not to be Pollyanna, mm-hmm. but in some cases, the pandemic has made things possible that might not otherwise have been possible. So, my sister and I um have talked a lot about yoga and we've kind of had like a you know like an adjacent practice going on this whole time but rarely we've been to a few classes together but she lives 2 hours away from me but we did decide to do a um yoga training teacher training together that's online now the funny thing is then after that she defected and she went off and decided <laughs> to sign up with her local yoga studio so we are not doing an online um teacher training together however she did send me the list of all of her books and reading materials and I'm reading them through them with her. Oh, fun. And then we're just kind of talking about it. And I might not do a training for a while. Like it's not, I don't want to be a yoga teacher anytime soon. And I like I actually kind of like being a student. Sometimes it's nice. Mm -hmm. It takes the pressure off. Like, um, I sometimes have this rush to like the ultimate expression of something tendency to where if I like something, I want to do it all the way. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's okay just to like, just do it Yeah, and, and just be a student. So, um, but it is fun because I am reading along with her. And that means I'm reading some books that are like way above my comprehension. And I have no idea what they're saying. And, but it's just kind of a, it it just keeps that sort of creative and learning part of my mind operating. And at the same time I'm doing that, I am blogging regularly now. Um, I, I launched my website finally officially last week where I've got like actual content coming out and I'm emailing my email list and all that. And that was one of those things that I mulled over for, Mm -hmm. you know, a very, very long time. And it became intense in the beginning of the um, pandemic because I really thought, well, now I've got all this time. I should be able to launch the site. And then I didn't for, you know, 10 months, but that's okay because Mm -hmm. the mulling is a thing. And then, um, this one has been really fun. I really decided to get kind of serious about embroidery.
0: Oh my gosh. You were like an embroidery factory.
1: I was. So what happened, what happened was I decided to get, I love embroidery. I love it. And I think I wrote about that on our blog at the mom hour, but, um, have always loved it in theory and I've never really gotten into it. And I decided this year, a very lofty goal of giving away handmade holiday gifts that were embroidered. The funny thing is I wasn't actually going to get everything done that I wanted to by the holiday. So I had like a whole plan for my sister's family and my brother's family. And, I kind of put those on hold um, and focused on getting stuff out like that was smaller packages. So like I got a package in the mail to you yep. and I went on Christmas Eve and dropped off like dish towels I had made all over town to people with love it. Um, like little mimosa kits. So I gave them like two little bottles of champagne and a little thing of orange juice. And it was like really fun or like a little, you know, a beverage of some sort. And that was super, super fun. But now I need to finish my brother's and my sister's packages. And I was enjoying it so much that I really want to continue and I am not great at it, but I have a lot of fun designing stuff, like clever things to, to put in there mm-hmm. or like using designs I download off the internet. I find it extremely meditative and fun. And so I did completely stop after like Christmas day. I just gave my, I had been like a factory. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to give myself a break, but I really want to pick it back up this month and I want to share it. Like I want to keep mm-hmm. sharing the process of, like, getting a little bit better and how I pick my designs because I think it's just a really fun hobby and I'm really enjoying it. And Sarah, you sent me those pictures of the stuff I sent you, and I never posted them, but I really want to.
0: <laughs> I didn't either. We'll have to put them in the show notes. But yes, you made me two adorable dish towels, like, so cute. And they're in use in my kitchen. So they've washed well, in case you were worried about Oh, good. That. I'm, yeah. I was a
1: little worried. I did put some. Facing on the back to make sure that they wouldn't um, unravel, but I don't know. I've never done it before. And they don't
0: do that annoying dish towel thing where they like bunch up and don't lay flat. You know how some fabrics do that? Yeah, like you should be ironing, but who's going to iron their actual dish towels Mm -hmm. anyway? Mm -hmm. Love it. Well, for me, for creativity and growth, um, I want to read 21 books in 2021. And that is an accident because in 2020, I set a goal of 25 books and I fell short. And Goodreads, which I use to track my reading, like gave me this very judgy little screen that said you you reached your eighty you percent of your goal. Better luck next year. And I was like, hey, I read twenty books this year. I think that's pretty good. Um, but I do enjoy using Goodreads to track my books because I will forget how many books I've read, and so it's not so much. I mean, many people I follow online read like fifty or a hundred books a year. So I am not. I don't, I don't read that many books, but I do enjoy tracking them. And I thought the 20 in 2020 was an accidentally nice symmetry. So I just set a goal of 21 in 2021. And the biggest reason I mentioned that is when I am reading regularly, it's almost like a, an indicator light for other areas of my creativity and growth and learning area of life. It means I'm getting up before the kids. It means I'm not working every minute. It means I'm not staring at my phone. So it's less about the books and more about a regular reading practice, which sort of like sets the stage for other areas, if that makes sense. Um, And then one other thing that I think relates to creativity is I decided to sign out of my personal Instagram for the month of January um, for two reasons. One, it was just a a habit experiment. Like what would I do differently if my finger didn't, you know roam to that button just for the month of January but I didn't sign out of our account for the mom hour and I did that on purpose because I do think that's Instagram is an area of creativity for me I like doing stories I like making video I like editing photos um and you know we have our business account and then I have my personal account and it was all kind of muddled so I don't know if that's a goal so much as creating an awareness of where I was spending my time and maybe where my creativity might find a new outlet, if that makes sense. So that's Mm. more of like an experiment in progress. So
1: Yeah. Love it. Well, man, we covered a lot today. Yeah, we did. (laughs) And we know that we moved through a lot of information. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. Um, As a reminder, everything we mentioned is right there for you in your podcast listening app or in the show notes at themomhour.com.
0: Yeah. And just another big thank you to our partner for this episode. You Need a Budget. YNAB is a great way to start your 2021 year with a clearer picture of your personal finances, which we know helps open the door to things we want to do or achieve in other areas of our lives as well. Just a reminder that you can get a 34-day free trial at youneedabudget.com slash mom hour, and definitely check those show notes and keep an eye on our social channels as well for more on how to get started with YNAB.
1: Well, we hope you're having a great 2021 so far, everyone, and thanks for listening. We'll be back with you on Tuesday with another brand new episode, and we'll talk to you then. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance.
0: Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self aware to the risks of social media and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data.
1: Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to Erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, -K E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash the mom hour.